0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America, NA, member FDSE. You're listening to Anita Marks on ninety eight point seven ESPN.
1: Did you guys hear this? That Tennessee is uh, is trying to make the Monday after the Super Bowl a like legit holiday.
2: Like the Tennessee government is trying to do that?
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Where, uh, where everybody? Yeah. Where everybody would have that Monday off. Which, which I think I, I've been listen. I've been saying it for years. I think it should be a national holiday, not like a just a, a state holiday. Um, I think it's brilliant because let's be honest, I, like who, work wise, production wise, how much work do you really get done on the Monday after the Super Bowl?
2: Well, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say he, everybody here at 98.7 ESPN is gonna be on top of their game, hopefully after the well, Super Bowl because we'll be here. But well, uh, we're an I, outlier I, no, I, here. We're, it, we're a sports though, radio do,
1: station. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah I, so, I do, you know, you can't include us.
2: Well, uh, OK. Well, in all seriousness, though, yeah, I, I wouldn't expect it to be that much. Right. Oh, yeah.
1: Of I, course. I just I, like I like I don't. And it, here's here's another thing, because, right, there's there's a holiday coming up. Is it President's Day? What's 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 coming up around the corner? Yeah. Right. It's uh, yeah. President's Day, the 20th. When the NFL expanded and, and, and went to 18 games, I said to myself, have the Super Bowl on the 19th or, or whenever. Have the Super Bowl on the Sunday prior to President's Day. It's, it's, it's already a holiday. People already have off. I thought for sure the NFL was, was going to try to arrange that.
2: Is, is President's Day always like the third weekend in February or the third week in February or does it always fluctuate?
1: No, it's always the third week in February.
2: Oh, so then this is simple logistics right here then. So I, that, that's I'm, all they need to do. They have an extra week of the season. They can use that. Just push everything a week if you need to.
1: I that's what I I I thought I thought that's what they would do. Uh but that's not the case, but uh but big shout out to Tennessee. Um I I guess it's it's they're going to be voting for it next year. Um and uh, let me ask you this. Would that, would, would that if, if you were deciding on, on moving to Tennessee and somewhere else, would that lean you towards Tennessee, considering that you, you, you get the Monday off after the Super Bowl?
2: It would depend on where that other location would be because Tennessee is not necessarily the first location I w- that springs to mind where it's like, yeah, I got to move to Tennessee. That's where I want to live, Tennessee. <laughs> maybe Nashville, but maybe, eh, we'll see. It, it would depend. Like if it's like, if we're talking like Wyoming or something like that, yeah, I'm going to Tennessee, like I'll be the first one on the plane.
1: Because it, it, here's the thing, it's it's not even just that people are going to be coming into work like hungover and exhausted, right? Uh, People are going to be standing, like everybody's going to be talking about the Super Bowl. Oh, did you see that play? Oh, did you see that commercial? Oh, what did you think of Rihanna? I just, where's the productivity at work? I just don't see it. I don't see it happening. So I, I commend Tennessee, and I think, I think it should be a national holiday. I think, I think it, everybody should just have off. Uh, by the way, come out to see the Michael K. Show live on Friday, February 10th at 3 p.m. from 317 Main Street in Farmingdale for a special countdown to kickoff broadcast to get you ready for the big game. Just steps away from Farmingdale station on the L I LIRR. Uh, we're bringing the big game experience to you at 317 Main Street, brought to you by Jack Daniels, Resorts World, Bimini, Grand Marnier, PC Richard & Son, Slomans, and Bin's Kosher Deli. So make sure you do that. Uh, just went through the uh, the pros. Again, I'm calling it a pros and cons lift. I, I, guess, I guess in essence it is. So Kansas City ends up with the better quarterback, the better tight end, the better kicker, I'm sorry, the better punter, and the better coach. The Eagles end up with the better offensive line, the better wide receiving core, the better running back core, the better defensive line, the better linebacking core, the better secondary, and the better field goal kicker. I guess my question to you is, do you feel, see, I think the line should be more like two and a half and jump up to three, possibly three and a half at kickoff. That's what I feel. Uh, based on this and and how I think this game is going to play out. But do you feel the line is where it needs to be, Tom?
2: See, I I agree with you where it should probably shift to around probably three, three and a half points favoring one team. I think that's the responsible thing to do. But honestly, I like the close line here. And we literally just ranked the pros and cons list. If I may, I kind of want to give my take on kind of building off of that. And that's... That Patrick Mahomes, even though the Chiefs get outranked in pretty much every category imaginable, almost, not all of them necessarily, but most of them to the Eagles, Patrick Mahomes is the reason the Chiefs have gone so far in the past few years, even with a subpar defense or maybe some subpar uh, receivers or something like that. Not saying that they've been subpar in years past, but at least compared this year to last year with Tyreek Hill. It's nothing. So I think that Patrick Mahomes keeps that line very close just by his sheer play alone, even if he's at 85%. Yeah,
1: is is the weight of Patrick Mahomes, and, and again, Tom feels that Patrick Mahomes is way above head and shoulders than Jalen Hurts. I, I, I don't. I like, and, and full disclosure... Uh, this is not the season I was expecting from Jalen Hurts. In fact, at one point in time, I was I was having d- discussion uh, in I was a, a guest on uh, some Philadelphia airwaves that um, that the Eagles should consider trading Jalen Hurts and enrolling this season with Gardner Minshew. Boy, was I wrong. Um, so yes, I do believe Mahomes has a, an advantage here at the quarterback position, but based on the offense that they run and just how great Jalen Hurts... I mean, listen, Tom, Jalen Hurts has been in the MVP discussion this season. Uh, so so there's that. Let's go to our phone lines, 800-919-3776. Drew, welcome in.
3: Morning, Anita. Nice to talk to you. I hey. um, you know, appreciate all your uh, your hard work and all things football, so thanks. Um, yeah, one 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 individual player type of comment I, I had when you do the pros and cons is Chris Jones was a game wrecker last week, and He's going to be going up against Lane Johnson, who physically is a bit compromised, although he hasn't been playing like it. Um, so, you know, what are the Eagles going to do to make sure that that doesn't happen again this week? Um, and is that going to open up things for, you know, a Frank Clark or anybody else, you know, to, to cause some pressure on, on Hurts?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, listen, and Drew, it's, it's a solid point. Chris Jones has been a one-man wrecking crew. And, uh, and you got to love the way that uh, Spagnolo has been utilizing him. I just, uh, th- this, offen- this offensive line is, is ridiculous. And, and listen, I-, I knew they were good, but I didn't know that they were this good after last week. Okay? The 49ers' defense, especially against the run, was ridiculous. They were only allowing 3.3 3 yards per carry. And, and go back and look, look at the film i mean, gaping holes where julian tom me we, we we could have scored touchdowns on the 49ers last last week because of uh, how phenomenal offensive line play we saw from the philadelphia eagles so uh, i i just think i think uh, i think it's going to be interesting to see what happens there and like i said the offensive line for kansas city orlando brown junior and wiley pff Um, has them, their statistics, have given up the second and fourth most whiffs in the NFL on the offensive line against opposing defensive linemen. So two of the worst in the NFL. And now you've got to go up against this, this defensive line? (laughs) Good luck with that. Uh, Quick break, we come back. Fat Jack, professional handicapper. FatJackSports.com joins me uh, to break down the game even further. Stay tuned for that next here on 98.70 ESPN.
0: You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.
4: We're going to be able to go out there and do what we usually do throughout a week with the added stuff that we have to do. And so uh, it's nice to have that experience before I can teach other guys and help them along as well, because um, even though it's the same team, we have a lot of new players. And so I'm excited to get these guys down there to get that experience. And at the end of the day, you want to win the game. So I just want to make sure those guys keep that in mind.
1: Yeah, that's another thing. A lot of young talent, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, for uh, for Spags and that uh, Kansas City defense. So there's that. That was Patrick Mahomes, of course. Without further ado, Fat Jack, professional handicapper, joins me, fatjacksports.com. Uh, talking about this game, breaking down this game, and first things first, Fat Jack, where are you going to be? How are you going to be taken in the Super Bowl?
4: Yeah, you know, I, I'll i be at the Westgate. Um, they sponsor this TV show that I do that's syndicated around the country called Beat the Odds, and uh, they're the title sponsor. And So they have a big Super Bowl party. And for the second year in a row, Anita, you know, I bet, I bet uh, Philadelphia preseason at twenty-five to one for a couple thousand bucks. So I've got two thousand to win fifty k on on uh, Philadelphia. I'll be hedging back some of that. But I had the Rams last year also. So it's I've been I'm getting kind of spoiled in uh, being able to predict at least one of the teams playing in the game in August, and that makes for a really relaxing weekend. So I won't there won't be a lot of stress. I'll have a bunch of money on props like everybody else, and I do like the total as well. But um, yeah, I'm kind of free rolling uh, this this year again. So that's two weeks in a row, or two years in a row. Doesn't always happen that way, uh, but you know, knock on wood, we're we're running pretty good right now. Uh, things went well last weekend. I'm excited about this weekend. But yeah, I'll be at the Westgate. They have a party. Try not to make eye contact with any of the fans for either team, because if you've been to Vegas during the Super Bowl, it is literally everybody comes into town. They're all Kenny Rogers. They all know exactly who's going to win. They have big opinions because there's one game. And I try not to have any of those conversations if I can help it with people. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: so so you obviously got on the Eagles early, right, in August before the season started. I did as well. I also played the exact matchup of the Eagles going up against uh, the Chargers. Obviously, that did not bode well for me. Um, g- correct division, wrong team. And so uh, I'm going to be rooting for the Eagles as well. But we'll, we'll do a deeper dive into, uh, into this matchup. As we know, so that's really interesting, right? I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. Uh, there were some sports books out there. Like, I want to say the first line that, that, um, that landed, Kansas City was favored. A number of people, like by one and a half or two and a half, a number of people jumped on it, and then all of a sudden it changed, and now it's fluctuating. Eagles are favored now, minus one, minus one and a half.
4: Were you surprised? Yeah, I, don't at- I, don't, I don't know what was going on because all the look ahead lines that was, those were a couple of houses that release early early lines and apparently don't pay attention to what the other houses are going to come out at because everybody was real consistent. I think we talked a little bit this, about this last week that all of the different matchups were going to have with Philly involved. They were going to be a one to two point favorite. It was very consistent on those look ahead lines of what would be the potential uh, numbers if and when those matchups came out, and then I saw what you saw. Uh, circa, a couple of different places come out. They come with Kansas City as a favorite. Well, of course, the Sharps jumped all over that mm-hmm. and beat that number back because they know, you know the general public, as much as they love Patrick Mahomes, they're going to play Philadelphia, it looks like. That's been kind of the indicator from people inside the, the business that when the public starts getting involved uh, – the majority of them, and that's what we've seen so far. All the early monies come in on Philly. So I was, that was a head-scratcher to me as well. I saw what you saw, but it didn't stay there very long. So uh, good, good for everybody. And like I say, Philly, this is not a layup. This is, these are two very evenly matched teams. It's going to come down to mistakes and turnovers. We talked about that last week, that, uh, you know, who makes the fewest amount of mistakes would, would certainly have the advantage here. It's not like it's a foregone conclusion Philly's going to win, but the fact Kansas City came out as a favorite, I, I, was, I was as confused as a lot of people.
1: Yeah, so now where it stands right now, uh, the Eagles are favored by one and a half. And again, that line's fluctuating. I've seen it at two and a half. It's all over the place. I'll be curious if it does get to three prior to kickoff. The over-under as well has been fluctuating from 49 and a half to 50 to 50 and a half. Let's start with the side, right? Like, obviously, we're both on the Eagles. Uh, give me all the reasons why you like the Eagles in this matchup against Kansas City.
4: Yeah, and there's, uh, there's 0% chance it's going to go to three. Uh, it'll get to two and a half. If they moved it there, it'd last about five seconds, and the same Sharps that put hundreds of thousands of dollars on Philly when they were getting points would buy that number back down immediately. So you're not going not to see it at three, I don't believe at all. Um, and, and like I say, these are two very evenly matched teams. We're going to assume that Patrick Mahomes gets to a place where his his ankle is close enough to 100% that he'll be able to, to scramble around, going to be a very important part of his game, Going forward, and if you if you like Kansas City, it's not like you don't have a shot because Kansas City is one of those teams. They don't. They're not an underdog hardly ever. Last time they were underdog was week six. They did lose that game, but they they're not an underdog very often. And uh, Patrick Mahomes really really good when he's a favorite of less than three points or an underdog, 18-6-1 against the spread. So he typically outperforms the market. The reason – and the other thing that would give you pause if you like Philly is the fact that they had one of the easier paths and easier easier schedules – Uh, of anybody all year when you look at strength of schedule, you look at their path to get to the Super Bowl. And then as importantly, the last time that Philly played away from home was Christmas when they played Dallas. So this team's been really comfortable and had a really easy path. But with all that being said, I like the interior defensive and offensive line. I just think Philly's better. Uh, top to bottom, they don't have to have as much out of Jalen Hurts. He's had a very, very good year. He's a big game player. But you don't have to have that great game out of him. You've got to question Kansas City's receiving core. They're still banged up. And even if they get some of those players back, they become very predictable offensively. And that's been good because our defense has been able to hold down some teams that don't score a bunch of points. Philly's proven that they can score a bunch of points. This is also the second-ranked defense in the league uh, through last week. So you're getting the best defense that's left, in, in, that's left and certainly better than Kansas City. You're getting an offense that's pro- producing points on a real consistent basis from a lot of different weapons. So I just think top to bottom, if they don't go turn the ball over, this is a more balanced team, and that's why I, I favor them.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. You know, there's a reason why we hear time and time again, right? It's one in the trenches. So I, I do believe that that Philadelphia is the, the better team here, considering their offensive line. I mean, let's just marinate in the fact, Jack, that they scored four rushing touchdowns against the league's number one rush defense with the 49ers. It's just ridiculous. Right. I mean, like they were they just meant like the whole like you and I could have rushed for four touchdowns with the, you know, how wide gaping holes they were creating for not just Sanders, but Gainwell and, you know, Boston Scott. It was its just ridiculous. And then what what I'm going to find really interesting is I, I think we're all sitting here assuming that Hurts and, and uh, Mahomes are going to be OK. I, I just I don't think so. Like everything that I'm hearing is that. Hurts' shoulder, Hurts' his shoulder, is pretty bad off. And, and even though the Eagles did win, we've seen him a shell of himself, not just against the 49ers, but against the Giants as well, if you recall two weeks ago. You know, I know there's some talk and speculation in regard to Mahomes' ankle injury. Is it a true high ankle sprain? Because if, if it is, it's not going to be healed by Super Bowl. A true high ankle sprain takes anywhere between four to six weeks to heal. I just, you know, I think there's so many variables here. Not to mention, maybe I have buried the lead. Jack, Tony, Juju Smith-Schuster, Hardman, all injured. Linebacker Willie Gay Jr. for Kansas City injured. The the number of injuries that Kansas City have is is heading into this matchup is is astronomical.
4: And the tougher path for sure. I mean, we got Kansas City that had to had to beat Cincinnati in a hard fought. It looked like they were walking wounded when they were out there. They're, they're, you know, they do a lot in the passing. Their defense has really stepped up. And, you know, what, what Philly will get when they get a test? And you know, we haven't seen them be tested. Obviously, they're playing San Francisco without a quarterback, and they get the Giants that they're a lot better than. So if, if and when they get tested, and I suspect they will, they're going to have to execute. But, we, again, we have to look at things. These are two, the two best teams. That, people forget these are the teams that got the bye. These are the two best teams in the league. And mm-hmm. you have one of them that was more proven, played a much tougher schedule than the other one. So if you're a Chiefs fan, and frankly, they've been there, they know what to do, do in this spot. They have a bunch of players that have played this big game. So so that should be a benefit. But when you look top to bottom, you've got a Philly team that – and by the way, we should say this, Anita, Most a lot of sharp players all like Philly before. We talk about pros versus Joes, people who know versus that don't. It was a consensus early on of the people that I talked to, and it's not a ton of people that know each other. I just know people that bet a lot of money. Philly was a siren going off as a team that had taken that next step, and to be able to get them 23 to 25 to 1 in the preseason, a lot of people that I know were very surprised they were getting that good of a number. So this is a team that really, although it looks like they've overachieved during the year... People who know what they're looking at have been able to see for months and months that this team had all of the pieces to be playing this weekend. So it's going to be a great game. Whoever makes the least amount of mistakes certainly going to be um, going to be the winner most likely. And we said that last week as well. We saw what happened there. But but if if all those things are even, Philly's certainly more balanced. And that number two defense in the league cannot be overstated. Kansas City's not played that type of defense. Cincinnati had by far the weakest defense left. They were middle of the pack, 16th out of 32 teams. So they were middle of the pack defensively, and they still – it was a struggle and a grind. You can't underestimate the fact that this Philly front four, and really their their, their front seven – you count their linebackers are next level good at stopping the run, at eating up double teams, and taking care of business without having to blitz. And that's what you have to do if you're going to, you know, beat Patrick Mahomes' and company.
1: Uh, before I let you go, uh, let's take a look at the under. Uh, like I said, it's kind of all over the place. Forty nine and a half in some places, 50, 50-and-a-half. 50 I-, I like the under here. You know, I just, think, you know, Kansas City held Cincinnati to twenty points. The last five games, Kansas City's defense has held their opponents to twenty four points or less. Again, the injuries to both quarterbacks a huge concern. For me, I think I think the Eagles are going to run the football, which means eating up time of possession. And also, I think Mahomes is going to have a hard time against uh, Hassan Reddick and in that Eagles defensive line, that I think arguably one of the best in the history of the NFL. So I I really like the under here. What side are you on?
4: Yeah, I've made a couple of small imports playing one trend with this Kansas City team on their totals, and I literally have hit seven in a row based on something that goes back to the last time they played Denver. When they play very good defenses, Kansas City goes over the total. When they play average to bad defenses, they go under the total. This has been incredibly consistent this year. Go back and look at all of their games they played. They go over when they play San Francisco, when they play Denver twice. Uh, Las Vegas was the only kind of outlier to that. But the better the defense, the more risk that uh, Andy Reid puts into the game plan, the more imagination that he employs because he knows he can't just line up and run it. I, they have made me a ton of money when they play good defenses going over the total and vice versa. Philly's got the number two defense in the league. This thing's going over. Really, both of these offenses are not going to be able to just line up and run it. They're going to use imagination, both of these coaches and coordinators. We talked about uh, Philly's coaching staff last week. They do not give a rip. They're going to keep the gas, uh, the pedal down. I think this thing flies over. I think it, it was surprising to a lot of people that it was as high as it was. 49-50-51 49-50-51 with the best, one of the best defenses in the league. It's because Kansas City is going to open up their offense. It's going to open up both their offenses. Look for this thing to go over the total.
1: Wow. Any any prop bet out there that you like the number at right now that you've already gone to the window? Uh, well, if Kelsey moves. comes
4: out anywhere near six-and-a-half receptions again, I may, I may bet the whole 50K over. I mean, he's been six-and-a-half receptions the last two games, it's flown. Last week, last week, it was only seven or eight, but it was easily got there. And if they had needed more, they would have. They would have easily gone to him more. That's been the easiest money out there. Now he had to lay 150, 100 last week, but two weeks ago he had I think 15 catches, 14 catches. Kelsey is such a big part of what Kansas City does. Patrick Mahomes, he is absolutely his safety blanket. When that number comes out, if it's below eight, fire in because like I say lots of points are going to mean lots of Kelsey. Um, also. Uh, maybe a third player to throw a pass. That's one of those prop bets that comes up. Lots of trick plays. Look for people to look for both these teams to pull things out of the the hat. Understand they can't just line up and play. Both these coaches have been very, very good at adapting to who they've been playing. I expect a lot of trick plays, especially out of Kansas City, to try to keep that Philly defense off balance. So Kelsey over for sure, and maybe a third player to uh, throw a pass.
1: That is Fat Jack, fatjacksports.com, professional handicapper. Hopefully you listen to our gambling show uh, that I host each and every Friday night. We can wager from 10 to midnight. And uh, Fat Jack uh, is uh, is a regular, joins me each and every week, and uh, is one of the best in the business, that's for sure. When we get back, Tim McManus covers the Eagles for uh, ESPN. Uh, Adam Teicher covers the Kansas City Chiefs for ESPN. We'll get an update from them what have these teams been doing this week, getting ready, preparing uh, for the Super Bowl as they're both going to be traveling today on Sunday to Glendale, Arizona? That next here at 98.7 ESPN.
0: Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Travel day for both Kansas City and the Philadelphia Eagles. And then next week we'll just be, you know, we've all been there, done that, got the free t-shirt, insane week of, you know, a bunch of reports coming out of Glendale, Arizona and uh, what the team's doing, Uh, you know, obviously the, the injury uh, updates, especially on the Kansas city side, I I think are going to be pretty important. Uh, With that being said, I host a digital show for ESPN plus every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Tim McManus, who covers the Eagles, and Adam Teicher, who covers the Kansas City Chiefs, were so kind to join me on Friday. Uh, here's that update. Let's listen in. First and foremost, Tim McManus, we've seen him on bet quite frequently as of late. Why? Well, because the Eagles are kicking butt and taking names. Here's Tim McManus with an update. What are the Eagles? What have they done this week? And how they're preparing people, of course, to head to Glendale, Arizona for the Super Bowl. Let's listen in.
5: Hey Anita, well preparations for Super Bowl 57 in full swing here in South Philadelphia. The Eagles are going to be working here through Saturday before jumping on a charter plane on Sunday afternoon, expected to arrive in Phoenix around 3 p.m. Arizona time. Eagles coach Nick Sirianni wants to make sure he gets the bulk of the work done while they're still here in Philly. He knows what awaits them once they get into Phoenix. It's going to be bedlam, media frenzy, their time and attention being pulled on. And so he's going to get most of the installs done so the players can take a bit of a mental break once they get into Phoenix and you know, tight end Dallas Goddard was noting that it already feels like a long build up to the Super Bowl and said it's going to feel even longer once we're locked into our hotel rooms in Phoenix, but noted that's better than being locked in on your couch at home and they have some veteran leaders that they can lean on here. Guys like Brandon Graham, Jason Kelsey, Fletcher Cox, Jake Elliott. They've all been to the Super Bowl before, so they're kind of setting the tone as they await the biggest game of the year.
1: Thank you so much, Tim. Dre, let's take a look at this, right? Because what we know about the Eagles is they have blown out the Giants and they blew out the 49ers. So here's the history of the largest playoff points per game differential entering the Super Bowl. Raiders are up there. Giants are up there. Bills are up there. And look, there are the Eagles right above the 49ers. Lost one, lost, question mark, and one. Okay, so keep that in mind because it has not been tough sledding for this Eagles team heading into the Super Bowl matchup. With that being said, let's head to Kansas City. Adam Teicher with an update on the Chiefs.
0: Patrick Mahomes said he did not aggravate his high ankle sprain in last week's AFC Championship game, and he should be good to go in Super Bowl 57 against the Philadelphia Eagles. The Chiefs leave on Sunday for Arizona and will keep a schedule very similar to the one they used three years ago when they beat the 49ers in Super Bowl 54 in Miami. Defensive end Frank Clark said the Chiefs coaches do a good job of mimicking their regular season schedule during Super Bowl week. Maybe that's a good thing that the Chiefs will be on that schedule because they used a different schedule when they returned to the Super Bowl the next season for Super Bowl 55 against the Bucks in Tampa. Then that was the COVID season and the Chiefs left the day before the game as they normally would for a regular season game and they lost that one 31 to 9.
1: So again, Adam Teicher, as well as Tim McManus giving us an update and what's being reported. Both teams traveling today, heading to Glendale, Arizona, getting ready, of course, for the week that will be uh, with all the festivities and um, uh, distractions. Let's be honest. This is why, you know, in, in just about 30 minutes ago, we broke down pros and cons, uh, what teams, uh, you know, weigh heavier in certain positions. And we got to the coach and Andy Reid, why? You know, been there, done that quite a few times, you know, not just with Kansas City, but with Philadelphia as well. So, uh, you know, in in having that staff and knowing the preparation of what it takes and and, and what to expect, what this week is going to be like. And I I do believe that does have some weight. Uh, Quick break, we come back, let's turn our attention to what's going on in our own backyard with the Jets. You know, uh, there's reports out there that the Jets have no interest in even trying to trade Zach Wilson. So there's that. We'll open up the phone lines, Jets fans. How do you feel about that report? 800-919-3776. At the end of the day, realistically, what can you get for Zach Wilson right now? Let's be honest, really much, probably not much of anything, uh, I would imagine. Maybe the best would be a fourth-round draft pick conditional. If he does start for a team next year and he wins so many games, then maybe that moves up to a three. Who knows? Um. But also, you had Aaron Rodgers, and he's teamed up at Pebble, and of course, it's out there on the West Coast, so you've got a lot of West Coast team fans out there, the Raiders being one of them, heckling, trying to get him to come to the Raiders. What did he have to say about that? We'll, 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 listen, to, uh, we'll listen to his interview uh, with, uh, with CBS after his round coming up your way, and also Rich Samini, who covers the Jets, is going to be joining us in about 15 minutes. So hang tight. We'll we'll dive into some Jets talk here on 98.7 ESPN, 800-919-3776. That's the number to get on board right here on 98.7 ESPN.
0: You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.
4: Hi, Aaron. Hi, Cole. Got any news you want to share with us?
1: Uh, Not going to San Fran.
0: (laughs) You look great with a cowboy star on your helmet.
1: Everybody trying to recruit Aaron Rodgers, that's for sure. Uh, CBS uh, SN. Uh, have uh, not just that clip, but another clip. Again, Pebble is going on. Therefore, there's a lot of celebrities playing over there. And, uh, of course, since it's on the West Coast, you've got a lot of Raiders fans out there trying to recruit. As we know, Devontae Adams left Green Bay to go to the Raiders. No longer will Derek Carr be the quarterback. Not sure where he will go, possibly here in New York. Only time will find out. Uh, but a number of Raider fans attending Pebble, trying to recruit Aaron Rodgers. Let's listen in.
0: A lot of people yelling different teams. They want me to come to next year, um, which has been fun because uh, we got a little uh, inside bet going about which team's gonna have the most fans. But uh, it's been fun.
1: I was gonna say that for my last question, but you're leading me right into it. Is there maybe like a favorite color, favorite city that you might have on your mind for next season?
0: I'm just gonna say that the uh, predominant uh, team that we hear as we're walking is Raiders. A lot, of, a lot of Raider fans <laughs> are encouraging me. A lot of Devontae misses you comments. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So we're having some fun with it.
1: I'm sure he's having fun with it. It's nice to be wanted. Uh, There's some reports out there that uh, even though the Jets are in the market for a veteran quarterback, uh, the team has no intention in tra- training uh, Zach Wilson, the no- number, overall pick, number two overall pick that we know from t- the 2021 draft. Uh, let's be honest, who would want him? Uh, with all due respect, in two years, 15 touchdowns, 18 interceptions with a 70.9 passer rating. So, you know, what What could the Jets get for him? I think no better than a fourth round, and I think that's being really optimistic, maybe a conditional. I don't know. We're, we're going to have Rich Samini on the show in about 10 minutes. So I'll definitely uh, tee those questions up for him as well. Let's go to your phone lines, 800 Ira, welcome in from Staten Island. Good morning. How you doing?
3: Hey, good morning, Anita. How are you? It's weird—the first Sunday we're without like real football. I know. Today kind of strange. I
1: know. It's really it's weird, weird, isn't it? I know. Well, that's
3: good. I'm glad you're on here. It's always a good listen. And, but you know, what's funny. I, I know. Uh, I think we're both on the same page. I wasn't early on with Zach Wilson. He's a bust. Let's let's face it. And whatever they recoup can recoup, they got to try to because whether it's Rodgers, or Garoppolo, who, Tannehill, whoever they might bring in as a quarterback. You have to have a legitimate backup, and he's not even a legitimate backup. So whether they sign Mike White or bring in somebody else at his level, um, you can't have Zach Wilson as your number two. So what's really the purpose of having him hang, hang around? It's bad karma. It's not, it would not be a good thing. Um, you know what? Admit your mistake. And, and listen, whatever you get, you get. But I, I think they'll hold on to him until August. I think they'll try their best to, to see if they can just keep him on the roster at the end of the day on September I'd be very hard pressed to believe that he's going to be on the team.
1: Ira, I, I hear what you're saying, and thanks for the phone call. Appreciate it. I just when when a team drafts a player two overall, it's just there's there's so much draft. Should I is draft capital the right word? Like there's there's just. It, to 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 not get anything back in value for him, and there is no value there. I don't know. Maybe maybe the Jets are feeling like, all right, you know, we can work on him, where maybe he can get better, and maybe next year or the following year, uh, he could show some promise in in the preseason games. I I, I don't I don't know. Again, I, I'm a, I'm looking forward to having Rich Semini on the show momentarily and pick him brain and pick his brain. On on what the future might hold for this team, and of course Zach Wilson. Let's go to Jose in Brooklyn. Jose, welcome in.
6: Good morning, Anita. How's it going? Good morning. Uh, Well, I was just calling because I wanted to pretty much answer your question, you know, like how do I feel about this Zach Wilson thing, uh, Zach Wilson news, and it is what it is to me at this point. I've kind of accepted that this is a Woody Johnson pick, and this is why he's kind of shoving Zach Wilson down on Salah and Douglas and everything else, and I didn't want to believe that at first, but when I start looking at the Jets' Instagram and how happy – Salah was getting Sauce and getting Wilson and Doug was getting all the guys. And you look at when they got Zach Wilson, it's very monotone, very... And it it just pretty much gives me the vibe that this kid was like like I said. This kid was just going to be a bust, and you know I, honestly, I would I, I would I would accept a sixth round a conditional sixth round pick for him. That that's how bad I think the kid is um, coming out of BYU. But it is what it is. This is what we're this is um. But but this is how bad organizations do run because even even though he's the number two pick, eventually you have to admit that you made a mistake and move on. You saw what Arizona did with Rosen they did not pontificate or extrapolate or try to go down the road that the jet are that that the jet going down right now with with wolf uh,
1: appreciate the phone call jose um let's go to um is it is it Jacques
7: oh yes it is be uh, it's Jacques
1: oh hi how are you?
7: I'm fine, how are you doing, Anita? <laughs> I'm all right.
1: Absolutely. So,
7: um so thank you. Um, what's the call? So H- Jose what Jose just said, he's he's on point with it. You know saying I've been saying that for a minute with Woody Johnson. Um uh you know, Salah and Douglas, these are football guys. And nothing that says um you know, picking Zach Wilson with that number two pick warrants um, you know, with his history and him not being a captain and him being benched in college and all that extra good stuff and everything that you know, transpired in the NFL as well. But with all that said, just to back up Jose real quick, um, I believe Zach Wilson can be traded. And I think that, uh, you know, with these offensive coordinators, these guys are like, you know, mad scientists, they're psychos and stuff. And they, they, they look at the Jets and they're like, yeah, you know, you guys have a history of not developing quarterbacks. And he's only two years in, he's still fixable. You understand? And I'm sure um, there, there 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 are a few teams, and maybe Joe Douglas is having conversations in the background. And at the end of the day, we can't, as Jets, you know, as an organization, we can't, you know, put it out there that we're trading him because he, he loses his value. You know what I'm saying? It has to be more of a, you know, do you want him? Or you're like, look, look what we got over here. You know what I'm saying? You know, hanging it over. You know, so I think Joe Douglas um, eventually, um, I hope, he ends up trading him. And I believe that they could get something. Around with the
1: guy for um, Sam Darnold. I, I just I don't know, uh, you know. And 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 thank you for your phone call. I appreciate it. I, I can't honestly sit here and tell you that Zach Wilson's better than Sam Darnold. Uh, if if you watched, if you tuned into the Carolina Panthers' last few games this season, Sam Darnold looked quite good. Okay. Um, now you can say, well, Anita, how long did it take for Sam Darnold to develop into something that was somewhat competitive uh, to appoint a quarterback who could come in and and, and win some games for a team? Um, We we know Zach Wilson is uber-athletic, but does he have all those other intangibles that you need in order to be a winning quarterback in the NFL? I'm not talking top ten, top top fifteen. Just in in order to help a team win some ball games. Quick break. We come back. Rich Samini will join us on the program. We'll get an update. What's going on with the Jets? With Rich, uh, right next, right right here next on ninety eight point seven ESPN.